Welcome to our first fireside chat. Uh, we have Billy Miller and the Third Street Band here today, and we're going to be having a discussion about how their band formed and what advocacy they're doing and how they've been able to gain credibility as a youth-driven initiative. So uh, to start, we'll first introduce Billy Miller, who obviously worked with us in the past and was one of our uh, spotlight speakers with uh, the Fireside Chat series in 2021. So we can start with him doing a brief introduction or reintroduction, and then we can go around to the other members. I'm Billy Miller, and I am from born and raised in New York. Um, I am a musician, um, and I just would also like to say that it's through my friendship with Alex that we got this, um, you know, the spotlight and and as well that the third street band you know there's no head or anything the five of us are all all do everything together um so billy miller and the third street band is just because i was the link to this meeting but um the third street band is a third street band and we're all we all do it together um and it's um yeah a brief introduction about me is i'm from new york city um i'm a song more of a songwriter um i i play guitar violin but um, the rest of the band are definitely um, a little better at guitar and instru uh, instrumentation than I am. I more have just like mental, like like writing and arrangement, and I write the, the lyrics of a lot of them. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a little about me. Um, and then the other band members can introduce themselves. Hi, I'm uh, Dashwell. I go by Dash usually. Dash Chase, two running verbs. Uh, I'm also I'm also born and raised in uh, New York, and um, I uh, I'm here because of my friendship with Billy uh, from uh, like since when I was about thirteen. We met outside my high school, and, uh, and the rest is history. And uh, in the band, I play a few different instruments. Um, most often on bass. Uh, sometimes play drums. Sometimes play guitar, and I'll sing a little bit here and there. More than here and there. Dasho is an incredible um, writer as well, and is really, especially fantastic at writing uh, hooks, Thank like you. just like a real like, unbelievable like catchiness, which I think drives a lot of our songs. My name is Justin Gerber. I'm currently on a bus right now. <laughs> um, so um, I am from Los Angeles originally, and I moved here in 2021. Met Billy probably about a month into moving to New York City, and we we started the band when we when we first met, and that kind of fell fell through. So we had we had a little falling out for a second, and then got back together, started the band up again, and we brought Dash back. So Dash was a part of that. <laughs> Dash was also a part of it originally. <laughs> yeah, and we had a few different band names from the start, but we finally settled on the third true band. My role in the band is I play lead guitar usually, working on becoming a better singer so I can help them out with some harmonies and some background singing. Right. So that's that's to come. Um, my background musically is I started playing piano when I was 10, classically trained but up until about 18 years old. Picked up guitar when I was 11. That was my choice. My mom kind of forced me into playing the piano, but I eventually or pretty quickly fell in love with it. And... Yeah, and I've been playing music at 25 now, so it's been about 15, 15 years. And um, the Third Street Band, I think we have a we have a great thing going. Um, 
and we're looking forward to putting our second single out pretty soon. We're working on that right now. I know you've personally, Billy, you know, been on a lot of musical endeavors and try to work with a lot of people. But at what point did you realize that this group was special and that that click where you thought, okay, we can really work together to to make something that has a lot of weight to it and can really go far? Yeah, well, I, you know, as you know, because we we first did this when I was, um, I, I, I did an album that was actually largely like hip hop, but it wasn't, yeah. it was, was kind of what I was trying to do with it was kind of like, like, I like to write these kind of stories. Like, I was really fascinated. This is a song called Tweeter and the Monkey Man, which I played I, a lot for the band, which is actually the something that really wanted me to get into hip-hop specifically, even though that song is not hip-hop, because it's this full story. And I always thought, that, like, the coolest, like, rap songs that I liked were stories in one way or another, whether they were narrative stories or more of, like, an emotional yeah. arc or whatever. So I was doing that in high school and the, my first year of college, and COVID happened, and I always leaned more towards... Like in general, like I love hip hop and stuff as well, but I lean more in general to to rock music. I grew up on the Beatles and then their solo albums, uh, The Doors, The Traveling Wilburys, Bill Withers. And I started teaching myself guitar when I was like around uh, 19, like when we first when it first started going um, into COVID. And so I would kind of write these songs and I felt like I had really good ideas for like how I wanted yeah. them to sound like. And lyric wise, I felt like I had a really good handle on it but that there was so much potential for these songs. Cause not only did I have like ideas for the bigger they could be, but I knew I with other musicians, if I just found the right people that yeah. had the same musical interests as me, like if we, if I found these people, I would, could, we could make something really special, you know? So I, when I met Justin and I remember we were at this party and I remember it so well, there was a guitar at the party and like, usually it's kind of like a cliche, like if someone picks mm-hmm. up guitar and both picked it up, you know what I mean? I was like, cause I was like, I play guitar and he immediately started playing. I was like, I wish I didn't say anything because I am nowhere near this guy. I mean, this, he started playing. I was, I remember my mouth was like to the floor. It was unbelievable. Not just cause he could like go all over the fretboard or anything, but just cause even just a solo at a party, like had like a whole story and so much character and like he could play all these different kinds of things. Yeah. And we, t- I asked, like, we talked about like what what kind of music we liked, and we both loved the Beatles, and we both loved the same exact music, you know. Mm-hmm. So we started linking up and writing together, and we wrote some really beautiful songs that we that we use now because we have the band and the ideas to formulate them. And and um and as Justin said, we tried the band originally. I texted Dashel because I knew Dashel since high school, but we like. We didn't see each other that much after high school in yeah. the beginning. Like we we were friends in high school, but also not like COVID happened. Right, like everyone was. But strange. we got like we got way closer like since yeah. this. Like we like we were always friends, but it's like I texted him because I knew he was a great musician, and we tried to do this originally with two other people. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Not not because of anybody, but I I would even take fault bad timing because bad timing. of all of us. Yeah. We didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, and I thought I did. We're always um, talking about doing shows. We, but we just shows. didn't know how to yeah. start. Like, yeah. we had no idea how to start it. And um, so we all... Second, second time around, it was more, right. more organized. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I remember me and Justin, like, rekindled in the summer. And we were both like, you know, we should have communicated to each other better. Like, I, I should have known that I didn't totally. know what I was doing. And Justin should have said to me, I'm mad that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and that we would have been able to figure it yeah. out. We, we figured it out. We came back and then we asked Dashiell to come back and, and join us 
And um, if you guys want to say anything else about it. Well, I'd, I'd like to say, like, one of the first things that got me uh, back in it, like, I was having fun doing the rehearsals um, for right. the original version of the band, uh, but, you know, nothing was really um, moving on from there. But then when it uh, got regrouped and I was asked to play, at first I was just asked to help out for a show because uh, the person that was playing bass wasn't um, uh, wasn't available for that time. Uh, but we played at the bitter end and I had just so much fun, just like uh, dancing around stage and um And, and Dash, yeah, and, and you, he knew the songs yeah. and like had say on them in the past. And we were just like, let's just do this. And since then, having Dashiell in with the writing process and then even bring and bringing his like himself to the band adds a whole other layer. And we have really good chemistry. As well. Yeah, because it's like we talk about it a lot. Like we like we like the same things and we yeah. also like different kinds of music as well. And so we're always like trying to push each other to like to make the best thing we can. Totally. You know what I mean, and, and Tim, who isn't on the call right now, um, is also an incredible musician and just adds so much musically to these songs. Um, and it yeah, really I think, I think each of us really adds like a very crucial part. And that's like the best part about this band. You know, it's like no one really feels like there's a like there's there are like we have like myself. I feel like I do have to leave being the oldest sometimes. But Billy is very good at that as well. Um, but no, all, all four, five of us, um, we all contribute very equally. It's on all you've said, things resonated with uh, me and the, the organization that, that we're trying to do here is, um, first of all, just the understanding that you will make mistakes and we are young and we're mm -hmm. trying to do big things and get credibility and make a name for ourselves and the causes we care for. Obviously, mistakes are going to be made. And the whole initiative that we're trying to start is let's get all these like-minded young people around each other to kind of use as a mastermind to, to springboard ideas and really collaborate. And I think a great point that all three of you touched upon was the need for a diversity of voices. It can't just be one group think. Everyone needs to be valued. Everyone needs to have a specific Which is exactly voice. why I'm saying is that I felt like what I was doing, like anything you make in life has to be influenced by the people around you. Yeah. The best people, whatever art medium, even actors, are influenced by their experiences around them. So it's like when I found, when I'm playing this music yeah. that I initially had thoughts about, but then you find something else with other people, it's the best medium. It's the best thing to do. You know what I mean? There's no better feeling than finding it when you find yeah. something in a song, you know, so. And I thought I, I, when it came out and even now I have not stopped listening to Aphrodite and the Mystery Man. It is, it is amazing. And I just wanted to ask, what the process was coming up with that song and, and what you did differently to really ensure it got a lot of success. Because I know you've released other projects in the past, at least Billy has. What what was it about it this time that felt different? Well, I'll answer the first part of that and then Justin can start with how we wrote it together. Yeah. Uh, but um, <laughs> basically with the music I'd released in the past, I, I, I'm happy I did that because now it has a good amount of streams and this other, you know, on this other artist name that I'm not putting uh, music out on anymore, but I'm happy I did that because it taught me a lot about playlist marketing and marketing through Instagram and all these different, I tried everything in the book. I was one of those people commenting on different people's pictures. I'm an artist from New York. Please check me out. I tried everything. You know what I mean? So when it came time for this music, which, 
with with the kind of hip hop stuff I was doing, it was very lyrics and arrangement oriented, but I didn't make the beats. You know what I mean? I'm not a producer in that way. And I would arrange the lyrics to match around the beat and whatever. But with this, it really felt like like even writing it with Justin, it's still like we're oh, yeah, I think. from from nothing. We're creating, we're bearing our soul on it. So when it came time to put it out, I knew the tools that we would have to do to get it organic streams and organic listeners because there is no point of having anything fake because we in the city there are a ton of artists with fake streams and listeners and there's yeah. no point there, i mean like it's not because it's not an ego thing yeah, everything is a little about you the can ego. see right there right exactly so it's like you know it's not I, a, it's not an ego thing but it, it is an ego thing at the same time i think um being an artist one thing i've learned is as much as you don't want to have an ego at times there you are you are an artist and you you want right. to project and us uh, wanting real streams is definitely yeah. also part of the ego but my, my point is more that like we're doing it to get people to listen to it like real people yeah. So, yeah. like the playlist marketing that i've done finding which you know playlist uh uh outlets are legitimate and then instagram ads and whatnot we've grown our account from like zero to almost a thousand followers now and just like months and putting out the song the, the marketing yeah. has, like that's like digital marketing stuff but it's kind of analog too in which like each show we'd like hype it up a little bit and then we had like a, a song release like a, a really a release show right which definitely helped and uh hear people singing along to it on the day of release which, uh, it's pretty sick well, i yeah. think uh, I'll, t I'll touch on the the, the how aphrodite was was written yeah. i think that from the start me and Billy, our our chemistry riding together is what made me want to start a band with him. Aside from him, aside from me not liking his personality initially, I, I got over that, and I think we both matured. I matured myself a lot in the past year and a half. But the beautiful thing about Billy is that within a matter of minutes, you can come up with this like beautiful story, and it's it's eloquently eloquently put too. Your lyrics are very. There's a rhyming scheme and everything everything that goes into a good song you're able to do really fast. And so when we work together, it's like I, I feel very empowered to just go with whatever my gut is telling me to play yeah. because I know Billy will will come up with something that makes it work lyrically. And that's the most like fun thing for me being in this band is I can just do whatever I want and Billy will come and he'll he'll put lyrics over it and Essentially, that's kind of how Aphrodite was written. Me and, and Billy just in, in my room. If, if me or, or Dashiell, and even Dashiell can do this as well, but just the speed with which Justin can do it on the guitar yeah. of like if we have like a melody for like a hook or uh, or anything, Justin will immediately know how to put that together instrument instrumentatively. Is that yeah. a word? It's, uh, that's not a word, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, instrumentally. Yeah, I'm yeah. so musical. But he'll immediately be able to do that. And it's that's within all of us. I mean, and we're all incredibly stubborn, which is such a good thing. Yeah. It's so <laughs> good because we're stubborn, but we also like our. We don't just give it. We don't just give in to people's ideas because and a lot of that's, bands, that's, that's easy to do. Yeah. You know, it's like we, we, if we have an idea, it's because it came from somewhere, it came from a feeling and we don't want to give it up. But we have to like we're learning that sometimes. There is, we have to have a little bit of leeway and be willing to work with each other because we all have great ideas and we all have bad ideas sometimes. So Yeah, we, we always say, all right, bad idea, Billy. Bad idea. <laughs> we have bad a bad idea. idea. We have a bad idea. That? that was a bad idea. It's, bad it's idea. so like, because we're, what were you going to say though? I said, Billy has a good rule. Good rule. <laughs> Edit that out. Uh, Billy has a good rule in which it's, you don't like something, give a suggestion. 
you know, just say you don't like something and then just leave it. And, and we're all we're all figuring out how to work with each other, and we all got really close, which I think is a big part of it. I mean, yeah. that is such a huge thing. Massimo, who is also the drummer of the band, he's going to be leaving for the summer, so we're figuring, you know, whatever out with that. But even with Massimo, is that we we all bonded. You know what I mean? And we all like that. Just there has to be a certain energy when you're making music. I mean, these guys are now some of my best friends. So it's really that 100% full-time investment, kind yeah, of the it, whole it, life it is really the band. Is. It's it's like one of my captions that I put on a, on one of our pictures. We're a band both on and off the stage. I know it's corny, but like there's truth to it, you know, just like really saying. And I don't so think we, with, ever, with we are. This, oh, go ahead, Dashiell. I was, about to, I just was going to say, I don't think we ever hang out without music coming out. Too. Right, like because we're, we're just always, always that's loving. awesome. You know, like, unless, like, unless, we're, unless me and Billy are hooping, that's about it, though. <laughs> yeah, literally. But even then, we talk that's about music. I'm trying to hoop. So for like for the right summer, now. what what are the plans? Are you going to be releasing some more music? Or yes, like, I, well, I saw on the Instagram there was yeah. a tour coming up on the well, Instagram. We're figuring that out. That's that's more of like I was figuring out where on Instagram because we you know oh, we're yes. building it with organic followers. Yeah. Where do all these people live? So I posted something like where should we go when we do a tour just to know the draw that we'll have in specific places. But I guess, is it just your group doing all the marketing, yeah. reaching out to the venues? Or I, I saw you were trying to get interns or people to do PR, well, so stuff like that. What, what's the idea with that? some help. Like I, you know, it's it, it's really kind of a hard because I, you know, I find myself doing a lot. I mean, the band does a yeah. lot, but just from an investment standpoint, um, it's hard to, to all the time be looking at shit. Like I found like a lot of stuff, but you know, it's just other people telling us about something like, mm -hmm. like a friend of mine told me about this thing called gig finesse, which so was a lot of word to mouth, word to mouth yeah. stuff. And I was like, Oh, great. So then I tell Justin about it. Justin emails them and like, um, gets it all together and stuff. And then through them, we've played like eight shows because every time we go, we'll have upwards of 50 to we'll have anywhere from 50 to 80 people. You know, like we've had lines around the block before. Wow. We had a line around the block for a show that we didn't even have a song out yet. Be just because we care. And I honestly, Justin was a big part of this initially, was making the show like an experience, you know? And that really gave me that mindset because you go to see shows of, of, of young and upcoming artists and this is not a dig at anybody, yeah. but there is kind of a lost aspect of making a live thing really memorable not just on the phone mm -hmm. like making a live bringing that back yeah. having an intro a big musical intro or something having character you know having certainly the fact that so many of these people play different instruments we have them switch on stage is like a kind of like cool thing you know what yeah. i mean so like in that way with the marketing and whatnot i also truly believe that if you make something great and you have the courage because it takes guts to put something out there if you have yeah. the courage to get it out there and it truly is special. People will find it, you yeah. know, but it is the matter of you have to put in the work to figure out how to what will be the easiest way to get them to find it. Because there's so many great artists that don't take off because Certainly. marketing is a whole other thing. No one wants yeah. to do that. I don't want to spend hours looking up which playlist thing is legit and not bots and going through all the trust pilot and all that shit. And, and when you're young and you don't have the funding to kind of outsource those operations, it gets more right. difficult. And it's so difficult. It's like, no. you know, we're running ads on Instagram right now. Like I have to slow down on that because it's, it's a lot of money. And like, 
the band is so invested that all of us have put half of everything we earn at shows. Wow. We put in a band account, reinvest it, a lot of yeah. stuff, you know. So we're just it's really like a twenty four seven thing because it's like I believe in this music because it's like I I you write stuff for people but also for you. You want to find new stuff that really connects with you. So I'm writing music that I would want to listen to. Yeah, and hopefully other people have similar taste or whatever. And I guess a uh, final two things. Uh, firstly, you know, speaking of, of your father, I know you very, you know, were able to illustrate and tell us about that very powerful story about the advocacy you did um, in lieu of hearing about your father's diagnosis with Lyme disease. I was wondering, since Overlook Stories, I know you had talked about ha- doing some sort of short film because you were an actor as well about Lyme disease, as well as how has that been affecting you and your advocacy and that sort of thing? Well, here's the thing. And I think this is something that's really important. You know, you have to do what the best for your mental health. So I did that album and did a lot when I was, you know, this was around when I was like 20 or so getting Lyme disease out there, um, posting about it constantly and, you know, doing all this with my music. And at a certain point I realized that, some of the stuff is also incredibly personal and you as an advocate in anything, even if you need to take a break, that's okay. That's, that's, that, that's, I feel a lot of guilt a lot when I'm not, I feel like I'm not doing enough, even just in my house, like helping him as much as I can because of whatever psychological things of like parent to son, like whatever inhibits me from doing certain things, or I feel guilty if I'm being lazy, you know, I, I beat myself so much in my house. Right. So I was, I, I, I was almost like, I can't, I need to take a second, you know, for me. So a lot of what with COVID post COVID, cause I get like COVID, I gained a lot of weight. I was dealing with a lot of mental health troubles and I kind of realized that I want to work on getting what my creativity out there and getting to a point where if I have some kind of an audience or a name, then I can use that to talk about the issues I want to talk about. But it is so much, especially as a young person you know, people don't want to help themselves. They really don't, you know, and I feel so much all the time. So yeah, yeah, that's it. That, that's, I guess what I'll say about that, that I still plan on using the third street band to advocate for Lyme disease, but I am focused primarily on getting our music out there and getting my spirit back up and doing what I can in my personal life to help my father. And I take him to all sorts of stuff around the state and and like we're going up to Ithaca to go to a treatment so whatever I'm doing I'm I'm doing and continue whatever I'm doing I plan to do more as well um I just I think it's an important thing to say that you you shouldn't beat yourself up if you feel like you're not doing enough because I think that's very true it's easy for young people who are trying to gain credibility to kind of be a people pleaser to certain establishments and certain views of the world and kind of just placate to that to be able to then feel like, okay, I'm getting validated. But I think we really need to remember that it is our mental health at the end of the day that is of the utmost importance. And even more importantly, we can't do it all at once. You got to do one thing at a time and we're very young. So understanding, hey, I care about this cause a lot. I've put a lot of time and effort into dealing with it. I have a very 
serious and personal connection to the cause, but right now I need to focus on other things and then come back to it is very valid and is a completely you know, necessary step to continue your advocacy so that you don't get burnt out because a lot exactly. of advocates do get do burnt out because they're not listening right. to their needs and to their mental health. And, and then, you know, it's like, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about that. Just that like, I can't expect, you can't expect yourself. Like, okay. This is what I was going to say. There's a balance, right. Of appreciating what it is that you've done and also not just doing it for that validation that you're talking about, right? I mean, there's there's the kind of philosophical question of if you do something nice, does it really matter if you're doing it for yourself or, mm -hmm. or for the person, like whatever. But what I'm saying about that validation is, is there's not too much over the top, like, oh, I'm so great, like whatever. But there is a real need to know when you've done something and when you've done a lot to appreciate yourself in that. And, and not anything overboard, but just take that appreciation, just let it sit because we feel guilty all the time for yeah. all sorts of things. And, and if you have done something, if you have the strength to do something, because people deal with so much, sometimes people just need to help themselves, you know? Yeah. So it takes a lot of guts to advocate for anything. And, and that's a really important thing. So I have been since then, I've still been posting about Lyme disease. I still tell a lot of people I know about it. If I'm, if I'm in class, I'll, I'll, I'll touch upon it. You know what I mean? And say people should check A, B and C out, you know, if you're interested or mm -hmm. I've had people reach out to me saying that they either that they've been diagnosed with Lyme disease or a family member has been being, uh, has been diagnosed with Lyme disease. I've, I've talked about it at length with them, you know? So I plan on doing that more when I've also made more of a name for myself, um, with the, with what I need to do for myself as well. And, in the terms of my own personal connection to it, it, it has never stopped in terms mm -hmm. of my relationship with my dad, who's been struggling with it for tw like 12 years now. Um, and we didn't even know until three or four years ago because the tests for Lyme disease are so underfunded and it's an incredible kind of catastrophe medically that chronic Lyme disease is not even covered by insurance in, for in some instances. And there are so many people that struggle with it if they don't get treatment for it soon, it's just, they're kind of forgotten about, you know? Um, and it's a real awful thing. It's something that really needs to be addressed because it is, it is a growing bacterial epidemic. And I, and I, and I still discuss all this and I plan on doing a lot about it when I have even more of an audience and can talk to other people besides whoever follows me or my friends or family, but it never stops, especially if you or a loved one has it, it never stops, you know? Well, thank you so much, Billy, for sharing that with us. I, it's been such an honor to have interviewed you not only in 2021, but also now as you've been part of both of our Fireside Chat series for Youth Advocacy Month. And I also want to give a big shout out to the band as a whole, including Justin Gerber, as well as Dash Chase and the other members who couldn't make it here today, as I hope you continue to keep putting out amazing work and we'll really look forward to follow along your journey as youth advocates and young people trying to make incredible music that impacts the world in a great way. So I want to thank you all so much.